You're listening to Fundraising Illuminated, a podcast where development officers, advancement services professionals, and other fundraising leaders offer their views on subjects related to fundraising. I'm your host, Erin Lynch-Moran, a partner and co-founder of The Solus Group. We are a fundraising analytics and data modeling firm. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Please be sure to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Hello, and welcome to Fundraising Illuminated, a podcast by The Solus Group. I'm your host, Erin Moran. Today, we're going to be talking to Howard Hevener, Executive Director of Annual Programs at the University of California at Berkeley. Howard has led annual giving teams at universities across the country. He's considered a leader in that area. He also just happens to be one of the most creative people I've ever met in fundraising. He is an idea generator. So I wanted to talk with him about unrestricted support and how to raise it in an era of reduced giving to general unrestricted funds. Let's hear what he has to say. Let's talk a little bit about unrestricted support. What's happening to unrestricted support? Is it going away? And if it's going away, should we be concerned about that? Well, it's never going to go away as long as institutional administrations need the money, (laughs) right? It's always going to be a priority. Unrestricted is not a donor-driven type of gift. Unrestricted is an institutional-driven type of gift. So the concept of here to stay or go is really driven not by donor behavior, driven by institutional desire. I'm of the philosophy we can have our cake and eat it too. I think that there is a world where we build donor trust through things like micro projects and crowdfunding and giving days where we do really specific things where people are able to make that $25 or $50 gift and get immediate or very quick turnaround on validation that that gift was used in the way that they would have expected. And that that trust building process leads us to a donor culture that is more likely to be supportive of an unrestricted case. Now, we also have to make an unrestricted case, which we as higher education are not great about doing. We don't tell the story what that money's doing because sometimes that money is funding our work. And so we need to have a little bit more of a philosophical approach to that where we're thinking about greater transparency, where we're thinking about setting priorities, we're thinking about, you know, how do we use that money in a long-term kind of way? I have two ideas that I'm hoping to work on. One is the idea of an unrestricted fund as an annual project to me is ludicrous. We keep raising the same dollar over and over again to just spend it out. So why not create a kind of annual strategy around an endowed unrestricted fund where we're raising new money every year? So instead of you giving me $1,000 and me coming back next year to ask you for the same $1,000 to spend again, why wouldn't I ask you for $1,000 this year and then ask you for a new 1000 next year and so that your gift continues to amplify and pay out over time? And so you're basically what you're doing is you're crowdsourcing an endowment to endow the chancellor's office or the president's office, right? And so instead of approaching it in this kind of, which I've been doing now for 25 years, by the way, is asking you for the same dollar every year, no matter the institution, I've just been doing this over and over again. And so maybe it makes more sense for to take a different approach and think about how, I think our donor populations are, are more knowledgeable than they used to be. And information is more available to them about what an endowment is and does. And I think they're savvier because the nature of personal investment has gotten so much closer to people. And then my final idea that I want to do at some point, which I don't know it's going to be anytime soon, is I want to crowdsource spending priorities for unrestricted funds. All the donors who give to your unrestricted fund, why not ask them how they want to distribute a pot of $50,000 throughout campus to things that people put forward as projects? Why not take that idea of a crowdfunding project, a micro kind of based crowdfunding project, 
reverse engineer it where they give the money and then they get a, a voice in the spending part of that process because then that creates an engaged donor population. It's better stewardship and better transparency. So, you know, reimagining how unrestricted works is as much about making it survive and making it real as is anything, but it, it's never going to go away because university administrators need those dollars. So we as professionals have to continue to figure out how to make that dollar more accessible and to come up with strategies that will reinvigorate that and really meet the needs of the donors while also meeting that need for campus. Yeah, that's very interesting stuff. I feel like the world is getting to a point where people in the age of crowdfunding, in the age of mm -hmm. things like, you know, GoFundMe or whatever, people are getting more directive about what they want from their charitable dollar. And I love that because it's making people more invested, no pun intended, in the in <laughs> the organization. But the concern I have is just sometimes the things that you need the most are not mm -hmm. really easy to make a case for. Of course, right? Like it's not sexy to raise money to keep the lights on, right? To change light bulbs is not mm -hmm. a sexy thing. And, and if we actually at one point early in my career, we made the case that way, where we would say, we could build a great building, we've got to keep the light bulbs in the in the sockets. So we need your annual support in this unrestricted fund in order to make sure we get the best light bulbs in these sockets, right? Like that's, that's a terrible case, but that's the case we made. The other distributions need to still do the things that aren't sexy, but we have to be able to show how those dollars are spent. The case making and the enthusiasm is through the transparency and some of the things we're doing that are investing that are priority and, and forward looking. Fundraising is always forward looking and unrestricted fundraising has always been backward looking. It's always been looking at what we need and what we're not getting versus looking at how we have a vision for the future and how this money makes a difference in it. And that is the problem. That's been the challenge with it. And it's why it doesn't resonate with the newer generation of donor because we've done not a great job of telling that story. And our spending profile and the way we talk about it hasn't done that either. So I don't know. I think that we as storytellers in our profession and our work have to find ways to build the partnerships and the, the budget offices to figure this out. These dollars are budget relieving. So even if we're able to look for things to do on campus that these dollars can be used for, that frees up for that money to do the things that are less sexy. So there's a lot of ways for us to approach this. And some of this is about philosophical conversations around spending practices. And some of this is about how we position the fund. Some of this is just about us doing better about being accountable. Yeah. I think everything you said makes sense. And, you know, I also think that it's incumbent upon those of us who are responsible for communicating about fundraising to think about whether a particular need is targeted or whether it's got broad appeal. There are ways that you can present a really sophisticated case for support to a very invested major donor and get a lot of that need taken care of without having to turn to the, you know, your mass mailing for that. Yeah. Well, and we have to make the case in consumable chunks so that they can see how their hundred or five hundred or thousand dollar gift can be impactful. And it doesn't necessarily mean this five dollars buys this pen. It's not that it has to be like that, but it has to be that how to illustrate impact in in those ways, right? How to to show this twenty five dollars that you're gonna give 
means this to a student? How does this hundred dollars translate to impact in the classroom or a thousand dollars, et cetera? So that's where the unrestricted piece of it is actually super helpful because there is so many ways that money can be spent that could be impactful to a student's experience. And we have to figure out how to share that story. So what did you think about Howard's idea of crowdsourcing spending priorities for a general endowment? To me, there's something about that that feels different from crowdfunding itself. I think it's that when you have donors voting on spending priorities, it becomes less about their giving to meet a particular dollar goal and more about their giving to meet a particular institutional need. What are your thoughts about soliciting unrestricted funds? How do you think we can frame the case for unrestricted support with the next generation of donors? We'd love to hear your thoughts. So don't hesitate to drop us a line at podcast at thesolusgroup.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Join us again next time when we talk with Ben Stork from the University of Nebraska Foundation. Ben will be sharing with us how he and his team have navigated some of the unanticipated changes that came when they overhauled their analytics program. Thank you for listening to Fundraising Illuminated. We hope you'll join us for more engaging conversations on development topics. This podcast is produced by The Solus Group, a proud Tableau partner and fundraising analytics firm. At Solus, we take the stress out of fundraising by helping our clients find their best prospects, manage their portfolios proactively, and make sure they take advantage of fundraising opportunities through the use of analytics tools. If you'd like to be a guest on Fundraising Illuminated, or if you'd like to share your thoughts on what our guests have to say, please visit our website at www.thesolusgroup.com and click on the link that says podcast. Thank you again for joining us and have a great rest of your day.